to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. It's one of 30 episodes you'll be getting across November 2021, all for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte, and today you're hearing from Harry. Harry is 23, although you would never believe it. You would think he is a lot older, the maturity he has. He's a student at Loughborough University. And last year, his dad died from pancreatic cancer, aged just 41. He was the most kind of stereotypical bloke you could think of. Uh, avoided doctor's appointments like they were the, the, the plague and, and never, never kind of... They thought it was indestructible, basically. <laughs> Easiest way of putting it. Um, and it, obviously he, he wasn't. But uh, the, the way he handled himself as an individual was was like that. He was uh, get up and go, does what he wants kind of kind of guy. Um, but always looked after his family and, and, and just failed to look after himself as well as he probably should have. <laughs> but uh, I think that's most most men at this point. <laughs> You say he was always like looking after his family and everything. What sort of things? What was he doing? What was he like as a dad? Well, for 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 me, um, I feel like obviously I, I was his first child. He had me when he was really young, so um, it was kind of like I was the trial run. <laughs> but but at the same time, he was he became very much like a a, a best mate of mine more than anything else. Um, Yes, obviously he, he was my dad, but he was he was a good friend, uh, confidant, and all and all of that. He he was always there to just rant at. <laughs> Sometimes he would sit there at the end and go, "What? What? Why? Why have you just? That's pointless." Um, but uh, yeah, he was always always there for me as as an individual, down to taking me for my first pint and and all of that. He was the stereotypical dad. Um, just albeit younger than than the most, um, but yeah, all, always there for me, always supportive. And if if we ever asked for anything, he would he would kind of get it, find a way of getting it for us. No matter, nothing was an obstacle for him. 
when your dad was first diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, what was that like for you? I don't really know. Like going kind of all the way back then, it, it was. I think the way he presented it was almost, eh, it'll be fine. I mean, he avoided going to the doctors for a, for a long time when he was quite clearly unwell, not even being able to keep food down and things. Um, I kind of knew it was it was worse than it always was, but he would always play it down, and 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 he did that kind of throughout. Um, so for me, it was a bit. <sighs> easier to process than perhaps it was for him and and despite the fact that he wasn't as upfront and open with with me with some of the information do you think he did that to protect you or to protect himself i think a bit of both um i think he wasn't because his dad died when he was so young i think there was a bit of that still in the back of his mind he he was he wasn't ready to Im- not embrace because I don't think you're ever ready to embrace death as such but um, he wasn't ready to accept it himself and because he wasn't ready to accept it himself he wasn't he wasn't able to kind of communicate that with us so I think it's partially protecting himself whilst trying to protect us and not allowing us to go through what he went through at such a young age with with his dad. And so your, your dad sadly died last October, October 2020. What What's it been like as a family losing him? Because he was only 41. Yeah. It was... I'd almost accepted it for, for a year as being being a thing. And, it, and I mean, I moved... When I came back home from university, I moved back in with him to kind of just help out, be there, be, be that supportive role and help him in a way understand the gravity of the situation like there's just someone being there asking the doctors those quite those awkward questions that he didn't want to do because he didn't want to know the answers to um so for me i'd heard the horrible nitty-gritty stuff from some of the doctors already and and it wasn't it wasn't a shock as such um it was just for me it was hard to see everyone else go through that kind of adjustment um and then, yeah, obviously my, myself adjusting to not being able to call my dad and rant like I used to do is is a big thing. Um, and my younger brother, for him, for him not he's never going to have his first pint with his dad. So it's it it's, feels like I have to step up in a way. And it felt like that for, well, a long time before and then especially directly afterwards. What were your dad's main symptoms when he was first diagnosed? What were what were the things that he was ignoring potentially? Um, when when it first came to my attention, um, it, he was not able to keep food down. He was just genuinely unwell. It seemed like a bug, um, and that's what it seemed like when when he first got ill unbeknownst to me it was it was significantly longer time than that that he had symptoms that he just ah it's a bug i'll be fine um and then it was around christmas time all those years ago i can't even remember when now that uh he decided he needed to go to the doctors about it because it was pulling over his car at the side of the road with my little brother in the back and being sick like it, it was just like a horrible stomach bug that he had no control over and because of that stubborn man approach to i'll be fine i don't need to see a doctor i think it led to a, the situation almost worsening in a way. 
do you think you'll be going to see a doctor more, not more frequently, but do you think you've, if there's any lessons to be learned, you'll have picked up that one? Yeah, I mean, for uh, for a while directly afterwards, I was insanely paranoid. Um, that was uh, before we had kind of looked into if it's hereditary or anything like that. So I was insanely paranoid, and and the smallest little things, I was like, well, that's that's a sign, like that that's a symptom of pancreatic cancer, because it wasn't just my dad; it was my great granddad as well who died of, of pancreatic cancer. So. With all of that in mind, it was just it was constant paranoia, which in a way is a good thing. But you need to control that in and and channel it into the right thing. So you're not one of those hypochondriacs in the doctors every two seconds, but you're then not my dad on the other end of the scale, refusing to go. <laughs> um, I definitely get things checked out a lot quicker than I, I did before. And you've been doing some. Uh, awareness raising, some fundraising as well. Tell us about what you've been up to. Um, I've just been doing anything and everything I can, really. I've I've always tried to raise money for various charities close to my heart for, for years. Um, one of my teachers died of breast cancer and I started fundraising for that, but, but surrounded my dad, obviously, it was a lot closer to home. So the biggest one for me was getting the university involved in the... Um, purple light campaign um on campus so they lit their uh fountain up in purple there there was lots of other um halls and accommodations and flats that were like putting purple lights in their windows there was a massive effort behind it and that was just to raise awareness um and now kind of every single opportunity i get even if it's only through the little facebook please donate here sort of thing um i'll i'll attach that even on my dad's year anniversary of his death my thoughts were i don't want anyone else to go through this so every opportunity i get i'm trying to raise money or at least awareness for the signs and symptoms sometimes i think awareness is more valuable than money in in some ways because it's just you know i hope that some of these podcasts will just trigger something in one person if one person's mind to go and get something checked out or or hang on a minute, that's something like that's happening to my brother, sister, whoever. Let's get it checked out. Let's go and ask a question. And I think, do you know what? You can't put a price on a life, can you, at all? So awareness is so important. Especially around something like pancreatic cancer, which is, well, quite under the radar, isn't it, really? It's it's nowhere near the... You, th- you kind of... It sounds horrible to say, but you think of cancer and it's breast cancer, it's... Uh, testicular cancer it's those ones that pop into mind straight away not the more lethal and arguably getting more common like pancreatic cancer um so yeah i think it's massively important just to even even if it reaches one person like you say it's it that's that's a difference made to somebody somewhere yeah and it's not just that one person it's that one person's friends and family and every sort of person connected to them i have to say i love the fact you got your found your university fountain lit up purple because when i was a student we just chucked washing up liquid in our fountains <laughs> yours is a much better way of doing things <laughs> i mean yeah there is the odd swimming in the fountain and things as well but i think the lighting up was a more meaningful impact <laughs> what was it like for you to see your university take on you know d- actually go through this and just see you know the fountain lit up purple the halls the buildings what was that like for you it was 
it was amazing. It was like a massive show of support because some of these people didn't even know who I was. Um, and for the vice chancellor of the university to kind of get back and action it within a day, getting the fountain lit up and things like that, it, it just shows the dedication that, that he had to the university and to the students. Um, and it really does bring home the sort of the, the Loughborough feel of family and, and the support my support network isn't just back home and isn't just my biological family. It's, it's here at uni as well. Losing your dad whilst being a student, plus the year that we, you know, the 18 months a year that we've all had as well with, with COVID and a pandemic and isolating, self-isolating, all, all of that. How, it's probably a bit of a difficult question, so apologies for asking it, but how do you think that it's affected you? Because I'm going to ask another rude question. How old are you? I'm 23, so I'll be 24 in December. Um, so I'm a, a lot older than your traditional student, but young in comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was hard. I, I kind of got up the next, literally the next day, and I came back to university. And I think that was me burying my head in the sand at the time. If I'm not at home, I don't have to accept, embrace approach see other people cry and I can just go home and go home go to uh, Loughborough into uni get on with it kind of thing um so yeah it, it was massively hard I mean I don't know how I managed to get through second year as and do my degree um because half the time I switched off half the time I didn't want to go to my lectures but for me to take a year out just to cope with with my dad's death would have he wouldn't have wanted that He'd have told me to sort it out and carry on. He was the one pushing me to go back to university before he even passed away. Um, got up one morning and literally went, what are you doing? Why are you still here? Like, go. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it was massively difficult. But And I did miss out. I, I, I did miss out on a lot back home and, and felt like I weren't supporting my family as much as I could. But at the same time, I was in no place to. So I just kind of embraced the, not a very healthy way of approaching it, but the, the, the alcohol that comes around with university, I embraced all of that aspect of, of life and just powered on through. What about now? Do you think you're, you, you're, you're getting on better? Yeah, I think I'm, in, I'm, I'm improving now um, with, with kind of the help of friends up here, family back home. Um, and all important things like like counselling and and looking after yourself, um, because after a death, that's that's so important. Everyone neglects themselves and always focuses on other people. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you kind of feel how I felt as being the the oldest, <laughs> the oldest of, of three, the man in the family now, the one that's yeah. got all the responsibility. With with all of that, I kind of felt. I can't, I'd need to make sure everyone else is okay. But I had to learn not to do that because otherwise I'd be the worst and no use to anybody anyway. So it's counterproductive to throw all your attention at other people. What would be your message? Obviously, these are going, these these episodes were going throughout November, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. What would be your message to people listening? Just look after your own health keep an eye on those signs and symptoms and if it's if you're a family member of someone going through it there there are other people that have seen it happen there are other people who've kind of 
gone through it and and come out the other side i i feel i'm an example of coming out the other side of losing someone so close to you so you you can do it no matter what position you're in and and there is support networks out there that, that will look after look after and help you and it's not all about other people you've got to look at after yourself as well thank you so much to harry for talking with me for the podcast and thank you for listening Please remember to share this podcast, share it on your social media, share it in an email to your friends. And of course, leave us a review and a rating as well via your podcast app. I know I say it every episode, but it's absolutely true. The more people who do that, the more likely we are to be made a little bit more visible. And that's what it's all about. It's Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month throughout November. And we're here raising awareness of pancreatic cancer. You can find out more about what we're up to all over at purplerainbow.co.uk and I'll be back tomorrow with another episode for you.